0: Travels, hostess. Tonight, we're going to crack open our paranormal passports and head to Spain. Now, you know, being an American and having gone through the educational system and college, there isn't a whole lot of emphasis on Spain and the United States' relationship. But the truth is, is that Spain has contributed to, to the, the course of history they've, they've, they've done a few things that have really changed the course of history and for prime example in America we would, would say in 1492 Columbus sailed the ocean blue but we don't say who sent Columbus to the new world and the truth is His expedition was funded by Isabella of Castile and Ferdinand of Aragon, both who were rulers of Spain. They were married. Now, as we all know, even though Columbus did not land in America, this literally changes and is the beginning of the quote-unquote New World's destruction. (laughs) genocide slaughter because the Spaniards keep on coming they land in Mexico they they just they take down the Aztec empire they land in Central America they land in South America and you hear all about the uh, you know Spanish conquistadors but a lot of people don't realize that this i mean this really does change the course of history i mean there's no other way to put it now in addition to this one of the other things that we are slightly familiar with for example is the spanish inquisition and a lot of people may not understand what that is or what that is in reference to well again with isabella and ferdinand when they came into power spain had well So, Spain and Portugal resides on the Iberian Peninsula. And when Ferdinand and Isabella unified Spain for the most part, there was a part of the Iberian Peninsula still occupied by the Moors. Now, the Moors are Arabs from North Africa. And they actually came and began their occupation in 711 and it lasted to 1492. So 1492 is actually a big year for Spain, whether or not they knew it back then. But they begin reclaiming Spain. And when this happens, as soon as they begin reclaiming the providences, well, you know, back then, the territories, the areas, because Isabel and Ferdinand are Catholic, they allow the Catholic Church to... Create this inquisition to determine whether or not during the Moor occupation, if people and other people, uh, it were f- faithful enough to the Catholic Church because the Catholic Church ruled all. Every major royal family at this time were Catholics. The French were Catholics. The English were Catholics. The Spanish, the Spaniards. In fact, they they're given this wonderful title of the catholic crown the catholic queen the catholic king but unfortunately this inquisition is turns ugly real fast and people get persecuted and so now we have this reference to what is this the spanish inquisition well that's what's in reference to now with regards to the united states aside from christopher columbus who is a once was a holiday here in the United States, but has been, is slowly but surely turning to Native American Day or things of that nature day. One of the other key incidences in regards to the United States and Spain is actually, and a lot of people aren't aware of this, there was actually a war between the United States and Spain. And I'm going to be real honest, the United States were assholes. I really think that at this point in time in the United States' desire to expand its horizon and borders, they looked to see certain areas around the globe, and they were like, you know who has some pretty good land territory? Spain does. And so this rift... Begins between the United States and Spain in in early 1898, and the United States. I really, truly believe this is provoking this to get into a fight with Spain on purpose for a very specific reason. So America was assholes in this. So what ends up happening is, um, with this, you know, this this rising tension between the two countries on February 15th. 1898, an explosion happens on the USS Maine, which is an American battleship in Havana Harbor, Havana being Cuba. And about 274 of the ship's crew dies. And the United States immediately blames Spain. And they start gearing up the mentality that we have been attacked by Spain. We need to remember the Maine, the USS Maine. And hence, we decide to go to war and officially declare war on April 25th, 1898. Now, the war only lasts a couple of months, but it has huge significances. For instance, this is is where we get... Teddy Roosevelt's and his Rough Riders charging San Juan Hill, that whole scenario. But more importantly, because the United States is very aggressive and basically wins this quote-unquote war, we actually end up getting some territories and some very specific spots in the world, which was exactly the objective in the first place. So we get a foothold in Cuba, again, San Juan Hill, And more importantly, we get one, a foothold in the Philippines, which is where we still, to this day in 2024, have military bases, which actually come into very uh, serious play, and particularly later down the line. So, you know, again, without a doubt, we provoked this, we started this, we had an agenda with this. But this was something that had happened with with Spain, and a a lot of people are are aware of this. Now, moving on down the line in terms of history, when it comes to World War II, which was a major world war, Spain was in the mm, more or less mix of its own civil war just prior to, say, for instance, Pearl Harbor, which happened in December of 1941. So, Spain, quote-unquote, remains neutral, but they're not really neutral. Spain is, is, becomes a fascist country. And so, it, that's kind of how this all starts with the Spanish Civil War. It kicks off in 1936, and it lasts till 1939. And it's between the nationals, who are the fascists. Fascists are bad people. Fascists are Hitler and Mussolini. And it's against the Republicans, who was basically communist, socialist, people wanting a a drastic change in Spain. Well, during the Spanish Civil War, the war was led by a general of the name of Francisco Franco. And this fucker, he's a fucker, was besties with Adolf Hitler. I mean, there's literally pictures of them marching together, there's Film reel of them greeting each other, vacationing together, bringing each other gifts. It's actually quite disgusting, and this relationship actually will cause some issues, obviously, and some I think some serious ramification for Spain, and and it's just it's so it's just kind of interesting. Spain has in always been in the background, has always been. A bit of a history turner. And it's one of those places where, again, it's not really big in our country, but they have contributed to the history of the world. Now, today, 2024, it's a different world. And Spain is a very different country. Franco died in the 70s, mid-70s, and I think that ended that fascist reign. And Spain today is, I think, is kind of kind of, just keeping a low profile and is doing his best like the rest of us to kind of just survive. Now, we actually hosted a foreign exchange student from Spain. I've mentioned this before. And it was very interesting because, you know, we have our perceptions of different countries. This is just kind of how it is. We hear this, we hear that. And we develop our perceptions. And so when we started doing the foreign exchange hosting, I was very hesitant because there is a perception that, you know, males, boys, young men could be a little cocky, a little arrogant. And our foreign exchange student kind of sort of was. And it was very interesting to see his transition. And I I should like to think that him coming here kind of kind of gave him a a different perspective. I think it should anyways, being here for nine months. And he's actually one of the few that I still keep in contact with. But one of the interesting things that he told me was that they don't really believe in ghosts in Spain, which I was like, are you kidding me? So let's talk about ghosts in Spain. But generally speaking, so Spain has set, uh, 50 provinces, 17 un- autonomous communities. And if we were to take Spain, and bear in mind, Spain is right next to Portugal, which is a very different country. They're both on the Iberian Peninsula. But if you were to take Spain and put it on top of the United States, it is about the size of Oklahoma, Nebraska, and the northern part of Missouri. So kind of you know, two and a quarter size state country. And they have a variety of wonderful very diverse land features and to the north it's a different culture than it is to the south. And and again, when we reflect upon history and the more occupation of Spain, this is very evident. Because if you were to Google the architecture of Granada, which was the more stronghold before they were pushed out eventually, versus the architecture, say, in Barcelona or Madrid, which is the capital, Madrid was the capital since 1561, you would see a very stark contrast because of the two very different cultures that existed on this same peninsula. So either way... Spain really does have a plethora of wonderful things to see, wonderful different land features that you can enjoy. And, you know, and a lot of wonderful things have come out of Spain in terms of literature and architecture and art in general. For instance, one of my very favorite stories is Don Quixote and his squire, Sancho. And one of my very favorite Musicals, it's almost a tie with Wicked, is uh, the man of La Mancha, Don Quixote, which again is based on Don Miguel Cervantes' Don Quixote. So again, Spain just seems to be kind of one of those hidden gems in the world, even though they have contributed significantly to the world. But since this is a paranormal, podcast let's talk about some of the paranormal places that seem to be of of significance in spain irregardless of our foreign exchange students saying oh we well, don't believe in ghosts and just side note he did actually believe that there were times he had seen ghosts in my house so there's that all right let's talk about the masara the Masara is a abandoned town located in the province of Tarragona. This village has been abandoned, deserted, emptied since 1959. And it is located in the Prades Mountain of Catalonia. Now, in its heyday, this town was very thriving, but a insect invasion. Basically ends up devastating the local vineyards, which is what the bulk of their livelihood was relied upon. So they were making wine, and this insect came in and destroyed their crops and did not go away. And hence people ended up leaving. Today, if you were to make your way there, you'll see the ruins, and particularly going walking around, you'll see the San Salvador Church, which is apparently inside you will find satanic paintings you'll find pentacles inverted crosses and it is believed that some people have committed animal sacrifices in this abandoned building now this particular church has actually been around since the 11th century so it's probably not too happy to have these things happening in them and One of the interesting things that people are reporting as part of the paranormal experience is even though no one occupies the church now, people have reported hearing the sound of the bells going off. But more importantly, when people go there, this particular place is believed to kind of be a doorway to different dimensions, to different worlds. And even so much so, there's a, there's a belief that people are actually, like, disappearing in the fog. Like, this place is, like, it, it, like fog rolls in and people just start disappearing. So, for instance, in 1995, a German engineer was said to have disappeared while just walking around the town and could not explain where he was for the three hours. Another incident happened in October 1991. A gentleman by the name of Enrique Ortiz, he was 37 at the time, he was with a group of friends, and they were walking and talking, and someone asked Enrique a question, and he was gone, just like that. And uh, and they even brought in 200 soldiers to search for him, and they could not find him. Not, I mean, like, he just poofed, not a single trace. So you have people disappearing without a trace, you have people coming back without any memory. But in addition to the disappearance, people have heard very strange noises, disembodied voices. They have seen unusual figures, kind of sounds like shadow people. And, and if that's not strange enough, people have explained that they have seen UFOs there. They have seen lights when, again, there's no electricity. And the best part of all is that you can actually go and have these experiences Hopefully, you don't disappear yourself. So, you can take a road from Renus to Villa Plana. And from there, you can head up into the mountains towards La Massora and see for yourself if there is something paranormal going on. I mean, people disappearing is scary enough for me. I mean, he was hanging with the group. But this town is not the only town that is potentially paranormal. In fact, there was actually a, a, a number of towns and it's kind of interesting considering, you know, what our foreign exchange students said about may you not know, believe in ghost. So the next town is a town called La Cornodilla, which is located deep in the hills of Sierra de los Visos, and it's also abandoned. It's located in the province of Valencia and just like the other one it's been a, it's been abandoned but the curious thing about this particular town is is that people live there with the strange paranormal phenomenon happening they were like okay yeah there's a lot of weird noises there's a lot of creepy noises going on screaming from places we can't tell we don't know what's going on but it's fine it's cool i'm spanish i got this and so for a long time, people actually just lived with it. And over time, they begin to realize to some degree, it's like the paranormal activity kind of dwindled and begin only becoming coming from one particular house. In fact, they call it the house of noise. But unfortunately, due to, and again, this is just with time, and as Spain with everybody else, especially in the 1950s, are shifting from a place of without modern accessibility and, and facilities to to being modernized. This particular town started losing drinking water. They didn't have any electricity and basically was too old to, sh- to make the change into modern day. So a lot of people are like, I'd rather live in the city where I have these uh, amenities that will make my life easier, which they did. So slowly but surely, this particular town dwindles down to nothing. So, but the stories of the paranormal activity, the the stories of the house remain. And it's not just noises that they were hearing. It's like they were hearing sounds of children crying, the sounds of chains clanking, and I mean. I mean, it was frightening for everybody, but everyone would kind of put up with it until it was like, I'm out. There's no more running water. I can't wash my clothes in the washing machine because there's no washing machine or water. So either way, to this day, people will go and they will investigate whether or not these things are actually factual. And it's come to believe that the source or the cause of the paranormal activity is that this particular town was actually buried on top of a Moor Cemetery. Remember how we discussed how the Moors had occupied Spain. And as such, it's believed that because of the decision to build on top of the Arab Cemetery, they're a little pissed in the afterlife about it. Now, if you were curious and interested... And you would like to go. It will take you about three hours from Madrid. And if you take the 4A and the 3A, it will get you there from Madrid. And you can yourself can see if you can find the house of noise for one. And two, you still hear all these other issues or experience any more of these issues that were reported going on in this particular town. Now let's talk about Ochate. Ochate. This is actually located in the Burgos, Providence. And I actually kind of read it. it wasn't really haunted, but I read a lot of stuff that it was haunted. So this, the thing about this particular town versus the other, whereas there was this big shift or not being able to you know, move from you know, the rustic, Spanish life to a more modern Spanish life this particular place just kind of seems like bad shit's happening all the time so for instance and, and I mean if you cite like 1860 it was like you know it was a thriving town but then the Spanish flu hits it knocks everyone on their asses. And it has a variety of different pandemics go through. But the curious part is, is that once it hits this particular town, none of their neighbor towns get affected. For instance, like the Spanish flu, it like totally devastated this particular village, but the Spanish flu didn't spread to its neighbors. So people are like, hmm, that don't seem right. But either way, then the Spanish flu hit in the early 1900s, Well, and it killed people, and so people kind of started leaving. By then, the 1930s, there was very, very little people. There were very few families left, a few shepherds, and as it was, for some inexplicable reason, one shepherd decides to kill another shepherd in an abandoned house, which I don't think either shepherd owned, (laughs) and hence this upset a lot of the people, and so more people left basically now, Abandoning the entire village. Now, word of the fact that this particular place was cursed. This particular place has paranormal activity. People actually began back in the nineteen seventies to investigate to do some little paranormal digging. Before there was paranormal digging to be, to be, to, 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 to for words to be used. And as it was, there is the story of a missing person from a neighboring village in Ochante that happens in 1973. He's like, he's plowing his fields and he ends up going missing. And as it was about that time, people started complaining of weird lights coming from the village at night and not just from the village, but kind of in the area. Then in the 1980, there was, again, people are doing some, paranormal investigation that ramps up and in 1981 somebody quote unquote somebody not on the internet yet swears that they see ufos out there because again one of the curious things that is happening despite the fact that this town is abandoned is they're seeing strange lights that again this town doesn't have electricity so strange lights People disappearing, UFOs. And then in 1987, a paranormal researcher by the name of Alberto Fernandez, he actually decides, you know, we're going to take a team. We're going to find out what the hell's going on. He goes up there and he records EVPs, uh, electric voice, phenomenal. He records people actually speaking in Spanish, obviously. And it basically confirms that something is going on there. Now, as it was, in addition to the strange lights, the ghosts, strange lights in the sky, the, the disembodied voices that they're picking up, they're, and the people disappearing, they even claim like they get warnings in Basque to get out. When translated, it means get out in English. And another one is, why is the door still closed? And if that's not enough, weird and freaky as it is, for some reason, Alberto Fernandez, after doing some of these investigations, he will go back to Ochente, and he will kill himself at this particular village, which nobody understands why. Okay, so there's something clearly there. Now, earlier I had mentioned how in Spain they did not quote-unquote participate, I'm using air quotes here, folks, during World War II because of their Spanish Civil War. And I mentioned how he was besties, Franco was besties with Hitler, which never ever be besties with a fucking Nazi. Anyways, so this brings us to one of the most profound and most haunted towns in Spain. During the Civil War of Spain, the, again, it was against the fascist nationalists and the commie republicans. One of the bloodiest and cruelest battles will actually play out in a two-week span between August 24th and August 7th in 1937 in the town of Bilchete. And this, this particular town is actually located in the province of Aragon. So, I mean, Spain's littered with all these abandoned uh, villages and ghostly apparitions and disembodied voices and UFOs, apparently. Either way, initially, this town was controlled by the National Army, and the Republican Army decided to take this particular town after uh, the siege that lasted this two weeks. As part of the siege that occurs, that gets laid against this town, the water gets cut off, so people have no fresh water. They can't leave, so they can't get food. More importantly, they can't leave, and they can't get medical help. So you can imagine what's about to play out, because we're talking, they're shelling this, this town, they're shooting each other, they're gunning each other, and this is this all happening right before the battle goes from shelling and, and shooting and sniping each other to basic house to house, casa to casa, hand hand battles. So it becomes real brutal, real fast to the point where the citizens of this particular town will start carrying out their dead and they will pile the dead as far as one story high at one point in time in the town plaza. And what they were doing is they were lighting the bodies on fire with gasoline and burning them. And so, I mean, you can, to the stench alone, the, the the stench of burning bodies alone, without a doubt, is, is definitely in, has, has totally just, you know, tainted the soil and the land there. But either way, later on, when people, when the battle is over and the journalists come in, they're kind of they're they're walking in and they're finding all these dead bodies everywhere. They're finding dead animals. They're fighting. They're finding flies everywhere. The stench is horrendous, and overall, it's basically the town is destroyed. The worst part is is that this was the people who primarily died were citizens. And we're talking in the two-week course of this battle, 5,000 people will die. That is including the civilians of the town, the men, women, and children. Now, the Republicans will hold this town until the National For- uh, Army, which is at this point in time led by General Franco, will they will retake it in 1938. But Franco makes a decision, which I the one thing he fucking does that I actually respect. he makes a decision not to levy the town, not to destroy the town, but to leave it intact with the intent to serve as a memorial. This is what the cost of war looks like. And to this day it's considered a ghost town, but a place of remembrance. And it's also because it's a ghost town, a lot of a lot of paranormal teams have gone in. A lot of paranormal researchers have gone in. And oddly enough, one of those uh, researchers, paranormal researching team, was, was sponsored by Arnold Schwarzenegger. And supposedly, I don't know when or if this is going to happen, but supposedly Mr. Schwarzenegger himself is intending to have a plaque, a memorial plaque placed here in the future. Again, to serve as a reminder of the devastation of war for future generations. Now, why would Mr. Schwarzenegger have any interest in this? Well, in case you don't know, Arnold Schwarzenegger is the son of a Nazi officer. But it is still apparent that he feels mm, maybe still a little guilt ridden or, you know, guilt ridden for the sins of the father. I don't know it's just a guess but either way these are considered some of spain's most haunted towns and i have said this before and i'll say this again while spain is not on my first place it is on my second place scotland edinburgh is my first place that uh, i'd like to see in the future when i you know <laughs> get an opportunity to save up all my vacation time to check out. But Spain is definitely on my to-go to, to go list. I would love to see the Granada and the, the architecture of the Moors. But chances are I'll be hanging out mostly in Madrid near my foreign exchange student. Who is a grown-ass adult now. So we'll see how much that happens. Either way. So Spain, I think, really is a hidden gem. And, you know, they are a major player in the world history. I didn't even touch on how things shaped shaped, and shaped out in England with Spain. It's a very interesting story. Maybe another time, but either way. So if you're considering Spain, I just think they have just this wonderful crazy amount of things to see experience and i you know he showed us some food stuff that we didn't even know about we make to today uh i just you know it's just his own great entity just like every other country in the world so but that's it that is what i have for you tonight on to business facebook 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 if you are curious interested in like to join Send us a request. It's that simple. And, you know, I post maybe once a day. On occasion, too, but sometimes I skip a day. So it's not, you know, I'm not very consistent. But if you have a serial killer, or you'd like us to talk about a town or country, or provide a paranormal itinerary, if you're going to, to say, germany or england you're kind of like hey i'm checking out these towns what can you tell us let us know send us an email at where the dark corners are at gmail.com so until next time please remember only the few can find the beauty in the darkness which is where we hope to meet you where the dark corners are